Mayo Clinic Radio presents a conversation about cancer survivorship with oncologist Dr. Katherine Ruddy. The show hosts are Dr. Tom Shives and Tracy McRae. This podcast was recorded on January 4th, 2017. Believe it or not, there are now some 14 million Americans who are cancer survivors. Why? Why so many? Well, we're better at finding cancers and we're better at detecting them early and we've got better treatment and we've got better treatment and more options. And because of that, people are living longer. Yay! Now, the term (laughs) cancer survivor, uh, actually that figure includes anybody who has been diagnosed with cancer and is still living. And it's just so good that there are 14 million Americans in that category. And Miss Tracy, you're one of them. I sure am. Cancer survivors, however, face some unique challenges known as late effects of cancer or the treatment that comes along with it, the radiation, the chemotherapy, for example. And that's especially true for pediatric cancer survivors who hopefully will live for years, maybe decades after their diagnosis and treatment. And guess what? We've got a program for people like that. Uh, And that's a good thing because there are so many. (laughs) That's right. Here to discuss the cancer survivorship programs at Mayo Clinic is oncologist Dr. Catherine Ruddy. Welcome to the program, Dr. Ruddy. It's nice to meet you. Thanks so much for having me. Dr. Ruddy, nice to have you on the program. So more cancer survivors than ever. Absolutely. Uh, Today, actually, our our most current numbers say that we have more than 15 million cancer survivors living in the U.S. And that so our statistics are out of date. That's right. There's that's another right. million. <laughs> that's yeah. wonderful. Good, good deal. And uh, you know this has really grown. So in 2002, we only had 10 million, and the projection is that by 2026, a decade from now, we'll have more than 20 million survivors. Unbelievable. How many uh, people of those 15 million have survived? Let's say more than one year, and how many survived more than than five years? Because oftentimes we talk about cancer being cured at at the five-year time frame. Um, And so how many of those 14 million do you think have been living with cancer long enough that we can pretty much say they're cured? Well, so I think that that concept actually is a little bit different depending on what cancer you're talking about. So that is sort of in the common understanding of cancer survivorship, but for some cancers, that five-year point is not really all that relevant. And um, actually, we're looking at longer time frames where we want where we really do face a significant risk of recurrence later after five years and then for others really if you get rid of the cancer the chance that it's ever going to come back is so small that there's nothing magical about five years and so so I think um, when someone is dealing with a specific cancer diagnosis it's really important to talk to your own doctors about what kinds of time frames are most important to you and and it's a little bit misleading to lump everybody together that way. Okay. So what are some of the late effects of cancer treatment? The drawbacks of being a cancer survivor, what does that mean? Yeah, well, absolutely. Our treatments certainly can have some side effects, both acute side effects and then long-term side effects, and then even some side effects that actually don't come up until years down the line that we think of as late side effects. Some of these are related to chemotherapies. Uh, we have some drugs that can cause heart problems, and you might not even know about that heart problem until five or 10 years after you've received the drug. Um, Things like radiation can have side effects, both skin changes, you know, discoloration of the skin that may never go away, um, but also the risk of secondary cancers that could um, pop up years down the road related to that treatment. So let's talk about the chemotherapy first. There, There is no drug that you can take that doesn't have some side effects. So you're saying that some of the drugs that you give to treat the cancer not only kill the cancer, but also have some detrimental effects, for example, on the heart muscle. 
Absolutely. You know, we wish we had drugs that didn't have side effects, obviously, and we try our best to minimize the side effects that patients experience. But um, these drugs can, certain drugs damage the nerves and can cause long-term numbness and tingling of the hands and feet. Others have the risk of long-term heart problems. Um, Some can damage the lungs. There, unfortunately, you're absolutely right. Every drug has some side effects. All right, radiation. Yeah, radiation is a known risk factor for cancer, um, particularly certain types of radiation. Patients who get, for example, mediastinal radiation for lymphoma are known to be at an increased risk of breast cancer. All right, and that's the center of the of the chest area. Exactly. Stern, behind the sternum. Exactly. Um, the Any tissue that is inadvertently a recipient of radiation, when you're trying to target a given cancer, you, you end up, um, particularly with some of the older techniques for radiation, scattering radiation to other surrounding tissues, and then those tissues can be at increased risk of a cancer in the future. Which is why we love the proton beam so much. (laughs) Exactly, because hopefully, (laughs) we haven't had that much experience with it, but hopefully the incidence of secondary cancers is less with proton beam. But uh, our audience also needs to know that the chances of that happening are very small. Very small, absolutely. This is a very rare side effect, but obviously one that we are very concerned about and doing everything we can to minimize the risk of. So what strategies can we use to improve the quality of life for cancer survivors? I love the fact that this is something that is being studied and considered now. Absolutely. Um, There are a lot of things that we can do. One of the big things that I think helps a lot of people is exercise. And we're actually very proud that we helped bring the Live Strong program to the Rochester Y. This is a 12-week free exercise program to cancer survivors. Whether they were diagnosed yesterday or 20 years ago, um, they're eligible for this. And two 90-minute exercise sessions, our group exercise classes. These are free. They come with a a membership to the Rochester Y, and I I have had fantastic feedback from my patients that this is really, really helpful for managing those long-term side effects. A lot of the kind of fatigue that can last for a long time after treatment can be very well managed with exercise. So uh, you talked about uh, the the long-term effects of radiation, but it's not just uh, secondary cancers, um, but also you can develop cancer in other organs. For example, if you've had radiation to your chest, are you at increased risk for breast cancer, for example? Yes. Um, they have side effects on the on the heart. There are certain drugs that are the most effective for treating cancers that also can increase your risk of, for what? Can heart failure or heart attack or, or what does it actually do to the heart that's damaging? The drug that we have the most knowledge about is a drug called doxorubicin or the other name for it is adriamycin. And the main risk from a cardiac standpoint with that drug is congestive heart failure. And it's a small risk, but it does happen. And we have cardio-oncologists here who are specialists in uh, figuring out how to manage that when it does occur. And congestive heart failure means that the heart just doesn't pump well enough to get the blood flowing throughout the body, and one of the symptoms might be swelling of your feet and ankles. Exactly, or difficulty breathing. Are you on an exercise program, Ms. Tracy? I just don't want to talk about it anymore. It's very hard for me. It really is hard for me, actually. I'm very emotional at this really? moment. It, it's um, Psychologically, it is wonderful and terrible to be in this camp. So explain a little bit about the psychological ramifications of it. Absolutely. The, you know, facing a potentially life-threatening diagnosis is incredibly difficult, incredibly stressful, causes a lot of um, distress in, in most of our patients. And um, in some patients, that even gets to the point of depression. Our psychologists and psychiatrists are incredibly helpful. Um, and 
I encourage all of my patients actually, if, if they're willing to see someone to talk about what they're going through psychologically. The fear of recurrence that really lasts for a long time for many, many patients can be an ongoing problem. So it's not just during the treatment, but transitioning into the survivorship phase and then, and then thereafter. And we need to help patients manage this as, as best we can. Our Cancer Education Center is a fantastic resource. They have phenomenal free educational materials, also classes, uh, so that people can kind of see what works for them and whether that's art therapy or music therapy or yoga or mindfulness meditation can access those, uh, those resources. So yeah, the I was side just effects gonna, really never go away, huh, Tracy? I mean, you're how many years no. since well, cancer? Well, they told me to start watching for the heart effects 18 to 20 years after the treatment. So no. I'm at 28 years now. And you know psychologically, what? you never forget it, do you? I mean, it... it <laughs> Oh, if people yeah. want to know more about the Cancer Survivor <laughs> Program at Mayo Clinic, I am so happy that you're there to help them. And we are on hundreds, well, over 100 stations across the country. So how can they learn more? Well, um, we are working to get more of our resources virtual, actually. We, we really want to be able to reach more people, not just people who can actually make it here to Rochester regularly, but um, we want to get our materials online. And um, so that's a that's in process and, and uh, working with our IT group to, to do that. Um, certainly anyone who's here in Rochester, stopping into the Cancer Education Center is probably the best way to do that. We also have the Dan Abraham Healthy Living Program, and they have some great um, classes, low-cost classes that people can access and, and if you're in Rochester that's a that's a fantastic resource um, but but I certainly would say Cancer Education Center which is just the lobby level of the Gonda building if you're in Rochester that's a wonderful place to start and what a great program the Cancer Survivorship Program Dr. Catherine Ruddy thanks so much for being with us thank you so much for having me for the latest in health and medical news go to newsnetwork.mayoclinic.org